0: Hi everyone and welcome to the DevMire Debugged podcast, where experts from top companies all over the world share their insights on everything developer marketing.
1: Building a successful developer marketing strategy doesn't happen in a bubble. For over 12 years, the experts at Catchy have helped technology companies build, grow and manage developer marketing programs. We can help you figure out what to do based on market research and audience intelligence, then bring that vision to life. Whether you're building a developer marketing program from scratch or adjusting an existing strategy, Catchy can help you do what it takes to reach your goals. Don't be a stranger. Get in touch with us at catchyagency.com.
0: Hi, Adam. Uh, Thanks for joining me today. Uh, So in this episode, we're going to discuss the idea that developer marketing does not exist, which is also the amazing title of your book. Uh, But before we get into it, I thought you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Yeah, so uh, I have a developer background, and that was how I got into the industry. And even back when I was a developer, I was always more interested in what was possible with the the technology itself. So uh, less about, you know, I would go to meetups, and it would be all about a particular programming language or something, and. I was interested in that, but I was a lot more interested in like what's what are we going to do with that with that yeah. programming language afterwards, which is kind of like it, it was almost destined that I was going to end up uh, where I am, and along the way I was a journalist, so that was sort of how I turned that like what's possible. Uh, used that what's possible muscle. Uh, I wrote for Wired and then was the first editor of Programmable Web, which was a directory of APIs. And that's how what got me kind of into the API space. And hmm. uh, and so then I, I call myself an accidental marketer because I kind of fell into roles where that was the natural place in the organization. Worked at SendGrid, worked at Zapier, um, working always on, technical products and how to reach a technical audience and so uh so it was kind of natural then that i would uh that i would lead into working at every developer where i am now
0: yes it seems like it was like completely varied like completely different from what you started out doing and yeah a lot of people seem to fall into the marketing area kind of in one accident um yeah so um how was that transition between you know developer to marketer like what made you you know do the switch
1: yeah, it it was it was reading press releases every day at programmable web was the biggest thing and kind of feeling like I needed to do the work to figure out what the story was there, which you know maybe it was my job as a journalist but I felt like these companies should be do- should be doing some of that work for <laughs> us. They should be yeah. they should be telling us why does this API that's been released actually matter? Like what are the things that that you want to do with it? And so it was continuing to see that that there was a need for for that kind of technical eye within within these technical companies. Uh, to be able to connect those dots and so that's what that's what led to me starting every developer which we're a, a consultancy we help companies with technical products to reach the right audience primarily with content so blog posts and tutorials documentation educational guides uh, kind of runs the gamut uh, some of that maybe you wouldn't even consider marketing though for a for a company that wants to reach a technical audience. Those docs are, you know, one of the things that really matter, and so, so it was, uh, it was realizing that there was that that need that led to to me getting in it and, you know, doing it on on the front lines at companies like SendGrid, and then realizing that there was an approach that uh, where I could reach more companies, and that's what led to every developer.
0: Yeah. And that is super interesting, especially, I guess, uh, because a lot of people say that, you know, traditional marketing doesn't work with developers. So I guess that's kind of like the mindset that kind of led you to kind of specialize in this sort of area. And, yeah.
1: yeah, and I mean, and certainly is, you know, the title of the book references yeah. that, right? So <laughs> yeah. uh, so developer marketing does not exist. I actually, I gave that as a as a talk Um shortly before starting every developer when i was still at zapier mm-hmm. um and had said versions of that in in various talks kind of making like the cover of the book makes reference to the matrix and there's a story in the book about about the matrix uh and the spoon specifically yeah. and making that same sort of um claim about uh about developer marketing and uh and so it was interesting then that uh uh, having already given that talk, that it, I mean, it was more than a year, two years into running the company, that I that I wrote the book.
0: Yeah. So, in your opinion, like, why why is the, why are developers so different than as as an audience?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, in some in some ways, I've had many people say that that what I talk about in developer marketing does not exist. Is is actually something that would work on any audience that. <laughs> being able to educate any audience will make them uh, a better audience and makes for better marketing when when you're doing that. I think there are a few things with developers that uh, that do make them a little bit different. Their, first of all, their job is to spot edge cases. They're supposed to <laughs> be able to avoid errors, right? And mm. so... So part of that is to naturally be skeptical. It's to say, okay, what could go wrong here? And so I think they bring that same lens to any marketing that comes to them Mm. where they say, okay, (laughs) what, what, this doesn't, something smells fishy here. What's the, you know, right. So that's uh, that kind of approach is part of their job. And so they're naturally good at that. Uh, I think there's then a second side of that where they've been burned by false promises in the past so mm. uh so they've seen marketing that that yeah you know, makes big claims that can't possibly fulfill those promises yeah. and and so then then that just sort of makes that skepticism that much greater. so not only are they naturally skeptical, yeah. but they've been skeptical and burned before, which makes them even for for great marketing messages makes them, Uncertain about it. And uh, one of those, so I at Zapier, I wrote a guide on authentication and great authentication practices. Yeah. And it was a a big 2000 word post. It was all about, you know, here are the ways, if you have an app, here are the things you should think about for authentication and walk through it. And mentioned Zapier in, I think, three places in the whole this whole post and it was on zapier's engineering blog but uh but still someone wow. someone tweeted and said this so much this like this is a a you know, genius post other than the marketing spiel right and i was like what market like i t- sent me back to my own my own blog post oh well i mean i said that they should use the platform if they have our our platform if they have a SaaS app. But I was like, way at the bottom of this page of this. So yeah. even even when you try your hardest and really do try to do this educational content, right. you might have some of that skepticism. They're, developers are a tough audience and they'll Ooh. they'll show you that again and again, yeah. <laughs> even when even when your your motives are, you know, to to truly help them.
0: Right, And that kind of leads me to think that uh, it's complicated. you we were talking about content that uh, it's kind of you know we all know you know content is king and all that sure. but uh it kind of makes me think even something you know as innocuous you know, as a blog post as you just said could you know be interpreted in a different way um so we know good content is important, but, how would you go about then creating that content or what would you focus on when you created that content so that you can actually you know appeal to developers instead of like yeah.
1: yeah, and I I alluded to it a little bit in my example there of that authentication post. And uh and it's really the the whole approach of the book also, the philosophy is education, not promotion. Mm. And so how can you find those topics where you can educate? the audience Uh, because for developers, I mean, if you think about open source and uh, you know, developer resources that aren't tied to a product, like it really like knowledge transfer Mm. is kind of the, uh, the currency of, (laughs) of developers. And so being able to be part of that is uh, is how, is how you get the attention in the first place and build up the trust to be able to have the opportunity to welcome them into your technical product to, to try it and to, you know, hopefully buy it.
0: Yeah. And that trust itself as well. is quite hard to build. No, I mean, uh, everyone says as well, you know, that developers trust their peers and the opinions of, you know, people like that, like them in a way, you know, like, Have walked the walk and all that. So, um, does it take? I guess it will take time. You know, how do you build that trust? um...
1: Yeah. Well, I I mean, that's why I think content is a great way—a great way to do it because it it's out there and is able to educate. You know, while without having to be face to face with Mm. every developer, right? So, being able to put those lessons into content that that they will find on their own. So. That typically means through search traffic. So, what are the what are the things that developers are already searching for and thinking about? Mm-hmm. And how will they how how can we have them find the stuff that will help them with those from us? Let us help them <laughs> so that yeah. that will begin to build that that trust. That uh, right, if you walk through the, a technical problem in some content and a you're able to show a developer some of those edge cases, right? It's not all super easy. Then they'll say, "Okay, these these people understand this problem, and mm. so it's worth worth them investing their time in yeah. figuring out whether the tool that they have that also addresses this problem uh, is something that can be used in that developer's uh, job."
0: Yeah because there will be so many out there isn't it so uh it's kind of like getting that attention and keeping it there i'm guessing you know um language straightforward you know no fluff is stuff that they don't particularly enjoy is it the uh
1: making making sure that the language is direct is that what you're saying
0: yeah, yeah. so straight to the point yeah. no you know no faffing about that sort of stuff yeah
1: yeah it, it can be that's it's this is an isu- this is one where where i have have disagreed some with some devs. So if you talk to a dev, they will absolutely tell you, just just give me the facts, right? Just give mm. me the like give me the give me the docs. I'll figure it out. What they're really saying is they don't trust what else you'll say beyond <laughs> beyond yeah. those. Right. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they don't need to have a little bit of context. So I uh, I I believe in any piece of content outside of a true reference reference material that is supposed to be just kind of here are the pieces of this technology. Anything else I think needs some context with it. Yeah. And so some might see that as fluff. Uh and you have to you have to find that spot in between where it's where it's not. Mm. and where it's not going to be seen as marketing spiel but being able to connect technology to a real world problem Mm. even if even if that real world is a developer problem yeah being able to make that connection is an important piece of that so so i on the surface i would agree that developers you know they don't want sort of definitely like the hand wavy kind of oh this is so so easy a caveman can do it kind of geico commercial is not (laughs) is not the approach to devs because they'll say okay you're you're hand waving over some stuff that that might page me in the middle of the night right so uh uh but you do need some some amount of context there i think to connect it to those real world problems that you know at the top i talked about were more interesting to me as a dev uh, uh, than the technology itself.
0: Yeah. And it kind of also helps that what you're saying, you know, kind of them connecting to people and not just, oh, here's a company trying to, you know, some bullet points. And so if you, that kind of language and talking to them like that also helps to, to for them to realize, you know, there's a person here, you know, talking to yeah. a faceless company, yeah. just trying to shell a product. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. It's all about sort of like providing the best, you know, developer experience, which is something you also, you know, have a chapter in your book, yeah, called developer experience. So, um, would you be able to kind of talk a little bit about this concept? Um, how can you know, what does it mean, really? How can marketers sort of like provide that best experience to, um,
1: yeah, developers? yeah? So, yeah, this, uh, you mentioned there's a chapter in the book, it's it's other than the introduction, the first chapter in the book, mm. and the reason for that is I really do believe it's foundational. And in our work with with clients, we it's the first thing we look at is what if we're going to attract a bunch of developers, technical audience to your product, what are they going to find? And mm. uh and certainly DevRel who might be listening to this understand it's hard to be DevRel for a product with a lot of problems, right? Mm. It, which so understanding what some of those problems are is an important first step because sometimes there's ways to to be able to avoid those or give a give a heads up and um in some cases you you uh, you know you need to you need to go and and fix pieces of the product mm. but usually when we look at developer experience there are some big things that's uh, that are fairly easy. They're not sort of at the product level kind of uh, things that can be solved that anyone marketing DevRel can step in on. And so a big one is what is that first, first experience like? What when someone, so they've heard of you somewhere. So somewhere they had a first impression, they maybe read some of your content but when they make that decision to kind of check out the actual product of which i think the documentation is an is an extension of the product so when they when they do that what what sort of effort have you taken to guide them through that and so some would call this the time to hello world uh it is not the only metric to look for but it is an important one so i believe that you can have this, that this journey is much longer than (laughs) to hello world and that you actually, so this first experience is what we're talking about. There's a first success that you hope that they have, Mm. but that does not have to be the hello world moment. So the hello world moment and the actual success are two different moments, but you can't get to that success without going, going through the first. And so having an opinionated single path, if possible, at what you want someone to do in their first their first time with, uh, with your product is something you can orchestrate within the documentation, usually often within the onboarding of the product also, but that's more product work and harder for a marketer or DevRel to be able to kind of dive in and provide that. But in the docs, having a clear go here to get started is one of the things that still we see in most cases is not there. And mm. uh and so making sure making sure that's there, making sure you don't have two or three of those. That's a common mistake that mm. that we see is that there are lots of different getting started and they're like just a little bit different and you get at them from different spots mm. and maybe different teams own them. But like to a developer having their first experience they don't need like it doesn't matter that you have these different teams that are competing you need to kind of have this cohesive uh uh you know singular approach so that's one of the one of the ones and then i, I alluded to it a little bit with first success having a next step after that so what is the what is the next thing that someone does after they have reached that hello world first experience moment and that goes to use cases and so that's another thing that within your developer experience that's very important um is being able to think how will someone actually use this and how can we point them to those use cases sample apps might uh be mm-hmm. another name for it right how can we point them to those after they've had that first experience and so there you know there are others and there's i mean there's 13 elements that we go through in uh in the reviews that we do and the, all of those are in the book like those yeah. 13 is the the you know subheadings within that within that chapter it's the it's the longest chapter maybe not the right move to make the first chapter be the longest chapter (laughs) but like i said it's it's foundational so it holds up all of the rest of of the chapters and yeah and it's an important aspect making sure that you understand what experience you're attracting developers into
0: Yeah, and having it like that just, as you say, might not be the best idea. I think probably would be because then, you know, people are searching for that. People might not know exactly how to go about it. So just having those sort of like steps uh, there to, you know, from someone who's done it before. is just so important. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And for people who are, you know, just new to that, who don't really know, you know, okay, so I have this piece of documentation and stuff. So what do I do with it? So uh, what would be, where would you share it or how do you go and try to, you know, get this in the hands of the people that need to read it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's an important distinction too, that, uh, that we make between content that will attract and content that's meant for someone after you've attracted them marketers might think of it as stages of the funnel um mm. but uh i yeah, i most documentation is not going to attract developers with that that first impression uh unless it is very use case focused so mm. most of the time once someone ha- finds your documentation that's where you kind of you kind of get to talk about your product whereas with the 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 stuff that attracts developers, that's where you you don't want to be talking about your product. That's We, we talk about problems, not products. So, mm. so you have problem content, which is more your marketing top of funnel, though it could be it, if it's speaking to a problem that's lower, it could be lower in the funnel, but it's still not about the product, right? It's about that problem. Yeah. And then the documentation is more likely to be about the product. Or have a product lens to it, though sometimes you still like in use cases you want to be speaking to mm-hmm. the problem, and there are types of content that can can uh, can bridge those. So uh, I've seen Twilio has uh, has some like use case type of content within their documentation for tutorials. So they they have a send an SMS a very product focused tutorial but then they also have a send appointment reminders tutorial which is a use case within SMSs right so that's mm. you're a, doc, a doctor's office or something and you want yeah. and you want to send an appointment reminder via SMS so they have a tutorial in their documentation that is focused on appointment reminders I I have never looked at Twilio's analytics, but I would guess that that does well at attracting people. Also, so it is mm-hmm. possible, but don't ex- don't make that expectation of your yeah. of your documentation that it will uh, that it will be an attractor. It should be the yeah. the thing that they find after you've attracted them with uh, you know definitely content in the work we do, but their you know all the ways that that marketers would attract that yeah. technical audience. Um yeah. And so don't don't expect your docs to do that kind of work. Yeah. But if you have a sort of a technical blog post, what do you do to get attention to it? Uh certainly being able to uh to share it out on channels that you use, uh, encourage the right developers within your community to, I mean really you could ask them to share but even just to check it out is is also a uh a, if it's truly useful content then those that have already found you will say whoa this is this is really useful um and you can do some kind of republication uh ideas to be able to get audi- audience in different places but i mean really if you want content to be evergreen you should think about what are the search terms that are going to attract someone to it? And so thinking about, and if you've written something that really does, it's about a problem that developers are having, then developers are going to be searching for those problems. And there are tools you can use to confirm that develop, that people are searching for those. Uh, And then making, making sure you write to the terms, but in a way that, is authentic to the developers. So you really still want to start with that true problem, not uh not kind of the keyword stuffing um yeah. SEO approach, but uh that's going to be the longest term uh sort of uh uh evergreen way to <laughs> to be able to attract developers. I, I on every developer I have a post about vanity metrics and how yes, you can be it's it's awesome to be on the front page of Hacker News or, or oh, yeah. Reddit. I've I've been there. It's great. It feels wow. wonderful that day, uh, but it's a spike that uh, you know that doesn't. It's you have to keep doing that if you want to maintain yeah. that, right? And and also those those people that see you that one day or or two, if if you're lucky, right. They aren't likely to stick around, right? Mm. You maybe maybe you capture a couple of them, but uh, not nearly what you could do if you had consistently a hundred a month coming to right. So it sounds like a small number, but in developer products, small numbers actually actually make a big difference, right? If you have a hundred of the right audience coming to a blog post, that's that that can work. Uh, for a, yeah. for a technical company, whereas if it was direct to consumer, I mean, you need the you need the sort of hacker news and higher traffic. Right. Um, yeah. To make it work.
0: Yeah, no, I could see that. And with the small numbers as well, I guess it would be the difference between, you know, number of visitors, sure, but then engaged audience is completely yes, completely yeah. different. So yes. you you have a small amount of people who are very invested in that and the product and all that. And then obviously the rest are just open it meh, and then just skip off, go somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. Uh, you say, you know, search... It's probably the best way of going about it. And I was kind of thinking of, you know, the difference with paid. Is it something that actually makes a difference with developers? Is it something that they ignore? or,
1: uh, In in some cases. Uh, yeah. and, but, you know, yeah, I mean, I I really focus on content and organic because that mm. can have really great results with developers. Uh, there's an advertising chapter in in the book, though. So... I believe the same approach can work uh, no matter the the channel. Yeah. And so, yes, I, I believe that paid can work whether they ignore it. I mean, so some, many devs are going to have ad blockers on. And so they might not even see, might not even see your ad. Uh, and so recognizing recognizing that that's going to self select who actually sees your ad and and comes yeah. from your ad. Um yeah, I I think so the the chapter is called advertising and sponsorships and I think that uh you can get a much better uh uh much better and engaged audience from that that second what type the sponsorships. Yeah. So uh that said, I'm not a not an ads marketer, right? I mm-hmm. I'm the accidental marketer that came very yeah. much from the content <laughs> side. Yeah. And so uh so I, I believe that someone who really knows that area could use really helpful educational content uh to to be able to uh to use ads. And I've seen that uh come through. Uh, launch darkly comes to mind uh, I show an example in talks sometimes of an an ad from launch darkly and then i go and and it is not about launch darkly even though they've they've paid for the uh for for my attention in that case but Mm. they are they are using that attention to educate me on a topic on you know experimentation or feature flags stuff that is very related to launch darkly's product but They are not saying, and here's how you do that in LaunchDarkly.
0: Yeah. I'd say then uh, it's kind of like trying different things and seeing what works as well, because different products, different companies, different audiences. You know, we talk about developers, but they're also so varied. So not just like one big group. And so I guess it will be for um, a company to kind of obviously research their audience, you know, as you were saying, figure out the problems they're facing and kind of like tailor their marketing and messaging to that specifically
1: yeah yeah it anyone could try ads or events or even content and if done in that product first way that isn't going to resonate with developers they might say oh this doesn't work so if you've tried if you've tried ads and you've sent them directly to your sign up page yeah it i i can tell you right now that's probably not going to work yeah <laughs> uh or if it does it's it's maybe not the audience that uh that you yeah. really want to that might be the reach, exception right? not the rule yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, in your opinion what is the main takeaway of your book that you believe that people should you know know the main lesson
1: yeah the the so this i mean this goes back to to when i started every developer and why i wrote it in the first place uh so i was i was explaining why i was starting every developer to a friend and about how uh there are too many examples of of companies that aren't reaching developers in this authentic way out there and i want to help them be able <laughs> be able to do it you know and i've had developers thank me for this book they're like i want everyone to be able to to you know create their content the way that you talk about because they know that then they'll be treated in the way mm. <laughs> that they want right that yeah. <laughs> and so yeah and that friend said oh you need a you need a manifesto. Um, And I kind of like shrugged that off at the time. And then I wrote the book and I texted him pretty much when I finished it. I said, I think I just, I think I just wrote that manifesto that you, that you told me about a couple of years that you said I should do a couple of years ago. I didn't title it that, but in some ways the title is kind of, I mean, it's very much says the philosophy. So when I, so developer marketing does not exist because de- uh, marketing done right to developers won't look like marketing. So it to them, it won't exist. And so the philosophy of the book and my philosophy and the one that I have seen over 10 plus years work with devs is uh, to be educational, to sh- share the education, not, not focus on the product and... Uh, know that when you do, you'll build that trust and uh, and even in the cases like advertising where you're you know, paying a lot of money for the privilege of someone's attention, uh, this philosophy works. It can uh, attract them first to your message and eventually to your product.
0: Yeah. So kind of like a very important lesson there. And yeah, thank you so much for all this talking to me uh, about what I think is very important for developer marketers. Because again, I do think that, you know, developer marketing is a name, but it, all in all, it's just marketing, isn't it? So it's just kind of, as well, just focusing on the audience and adding value and what can we do for them, really. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, That's
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again uh, for this and for amazing insights and tips. And yeah, great speaking well, to you. thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Great to be part of it.
0: Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Dev Book. If you want to hear more from professionals in the developer marketing world, subscribe to our podcast for more expert talks. See you on the next one.